Hello, Sawona, how's it? Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to Every Nation Devon Podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Chanel. <laughs> first three things that stood out for you the very first time you came into church. Wow, that was a long time ago. Um, but <laughs> um, I think it was, yeah, I think one of the things was just the, the vibe, the joy that people had. And um, secondly was the fact that it was on campus. And uh, it was convenient, so it was a good thing. And, and lastly was just, I think, um, the word that, that was preached, I think. It was good. All right. Um, either these guys uh, had a very good experience or they, they're not telling us the truth. Did anyone have any bad experiences? Come on, guys, be honest. Uh, or had, oh, yes, let's talk to you, sir. I don't know if it was a bad experience, but my first day coming to this church, which was back then, and just outside, I met, uh, I saw a pastor standing between two guys on either side they were smoking. <laughs> I was like, like this is cool. <laughs> and, and one guy on his right was like, you, you couldn't see his skin because he was all tattooed out. I was like, yeah, this is where I belong. <laughs> that was one. I went out inside. There was a bunch of crazy students and, and one old lady white. And, uh, and it, it was just so great for me. I was like, yeah. And she was sold out and she was, she was, she was just on fire. And that's where I met some other skinny white guy who was just like, yeah, how's it, bruh? We, we, we won't, we, we won't tell anyone that Wayne was that guy. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. So the, the first time you come to a, a, any church, there, there's usually certain things that you'll pick up and we, we come from different, um, experiences of church. We come from different backgrounds. We have different understandings of certain principles and things, um, so when we come to a, a church for the first time, we don't all encounter the, 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 the same thing. Um, the first time I came to church, we were on campus, and um, the only time I'd ever seen people preach was really old people, you know, like um, at least 40 and above, you know. <laughs> so the first time I went to church, it was on campus, and I saw, I saw, I saw Winston there. Uh, he, he's the first one who was speaking and he, he was actually preaching. So Winston looked really young. He actually looked like a student. Um, so the first time I get there, um, Winston gets up, he starts talking and then he starts talking about his wife. And I'm like, ah, hello. <laughs> this guy's got a wife, you know? Um, and, and I, I was seeing how everyone was, the, the, the ladies, first of all, were dressed in pants, and I was like, huh? okay, this is different. I've never seen ladies dressed in pants at church. All they wear is dresses. Um, you know, so it was a very different experience for me. Um, and, and, and this morning, I want to talk about these, these different things that we encounter um, 
when we, when we come into church. Um, so, but before I do that, I'd like to introduce you to a friend of mine. Uh, her name is Grace Matoni. Uh, if you could just put up. Yes. She's the lady with the cap. Um, and she goes to our church in Every Nation Rosebank. Um, she's 57 years of age um, this year. Uh, and she works as a domestic worker. And, and she's been saved for, for 19 years. Um, and we, we, we were having a conversation with her, and she told me something very interesting. Um, well, I met her now, and I know she's doing great things. So I'm, as I'm going through this, the sermon, I'm going to be um, just referencing on her testimony and what she's um, gone through within the church. Um, so w- when she first came in, I asked her the same question that I've asked you. Like, what were the first three things you noticed when you started going to the church? You know, and she was like, yo, uh, booty. You know, um, the first time I went to that church, um, I thought it was very boring. Um, the people were too young and um, it was too white. You know, so, <laughs> you know, so um, some of us may, may have also had similar experiences. And, you know, th- this is not to invalidate her experience. I mean, th- this was actually very real for her, um, you know, um, because she comes there and then, she sees the church as boring because she doesn't see people her age. She doesn't see people that she can relate to, that can relate to her. Um, she might find people too immature for her, you know. So she finds that, you know, you know what, people are too young. And also she, she had come from a small church where, where, everyone knew, where everyone knew everyone else. And now she comes to a big church where she, she's struggling, to, you know, to make connections. Um, and then for her... Um, what she meant when she said too white, it, she doesn't mean there weren't any black people. She, she means the expression of worship um, was done in a way that Caucasians would usually do it. You know, so instead of going, Timo, mo, mo, you know, <laughs> instead of getting that, she got, oh, oh. <laughs> and she got those dances when, you know, when worship is going on and you get these twirling um, dances that go on that um, I also experienced. And I thought, oh, what's going on now? <laughs> Why are the people spinning around in front while there's worship? This is a holy moment. <laughs> you know, so, so, so that was, so that's what, that's how she felt when she first came into the church. Um, and some of us might have felt um, some of these things as well. Maybe to add a few is you might have thought, you know what, the way people are dressed here is very different or weird. Um, you know, you might also um, agree with the fact that, you know, the expression of worship or whatever the case may be with you. Um, however, she, she actually went on to realize as she as she went on in a church walk um, uh, that that there's there's more things to see than the physical so all the only things that really stood out for her when she first came in were physical things that you know what the people are young um, 
the, the expression of worship and all of that. Um, but as she carried on being in the church, she got to, to tap into the spiritual as well, which is the more important thing. And the physical only makes sense once you've tapped in into the spiritual. So this morning, I'd like to call you into something deeper than what you see or what you observe when you come in here. I'd like to call you into the spiritual. Um, and, 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 and this is, and, and this actually made me think, asking this question actually made me think of um, a question, is why do we come to church anyway? What's, what's the point? You know, we do it religiously every Sunday for some of us, um, but why do we do it? And I came down to this, um, just uh, this nutshell, that we do it to grow spiritually. But then you'll understand that growing spiritually is also a very broad term. So it could mean very many things. Um, so I narrowed it down to two words, being fruitful and being faithful. You know, and that's, and that's what Jesus, that's how Jesus lived his life. Um, he lived his life. Um, he was faithful to the gospel. He was proclaiming it. He was, um, he was facilitating uh, its advancement. He was raising disciples to advance it. He was traveling for it, making sure it spread far and wide. Um, he was facing opposition. And he even stood for the gospel up until the point of death. And he was also fruitful. As he did all of this in his faithfulness, um, God brought fruitfulness through him as well. And what did he do? He went and he taught the same thing to his disciples. He taught them that we need to be faithful and we need to be fruitful. So when we first encountered them, he put in some spiritual disciplines into their lives to help them to carry the fruitfulness that Jesus was about to birth in them. And this morning, I want to remind us that we are disciples of Jesus even this day. And he's teaching us the same things. He wants us to be faithful so that we can carry the fruitfulness that he has placed and ordained in each and every one of us. Amen. Amen. Can we just pray? Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord God, for your word. We pray that it may come with power and with might. And we thank you, Father God, that you will do a deep work in each and every one of us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so let's first look at faithful. Let's look at faithfulness. Um, we, we call to be faithful and, and not perfect. So... How she actually transitioned from the first initial reaction of, oh, yo, this church, will I even stay? Um, the first point of, of faithfulness was she went again. You know, um, and, and, and she realized that, you know what, even though uh, this is not really up my alley, let me go again. Because there was a little something that I saw there. There was, there was something that witnessed with my spirit there. Uh, which is something that she later realized that she was called to be in that place. But she went in, through, through though it was a bit hard for her at the beginning, um, she started going in there. And one of the things that helped her is that she became connected. And what I mean by that is she got to know some people um, within the church. Um, and as she got to know some people within the church, you know, remember her initial um, re reaction was, you know what, these people, they're too young. 
probably won't um, have anything in common with them. So as she started getting to know them, she realized that, you know what, there's, there's, there's a lot in these people. There's a lot of stuff for me to learn. There's a lot of stuff I like. There's a lot of stuff that we have in common. Um, th- this is a nice place for me, you know. Um, and, and sometimes we can, we can treat church kind of like, a, kind of like the how train, you know. Um, if, you, if you've ever been on the how train, you have a card. Um, you, you swipe in there. Uh, you go down, wait for the train. And when the train comes, you jump in. You sit down, either on your phone, on the iPad, or whatever you do. And then when you reach your stop, you get up again, you get out of the train, and then you're out. No encounters, no connections. But then we are called into family. And church is a place of family where we are called to get to know one another. We are called to connect with one another. We are called to fellowship with one another, to celebrate in each other's successes, and to, to, to mourn with each other when things are, are not going well. Um, so the first thing she did was that she connected, and she got herself into a connect group, and, and she became part of the spiritual family. She became part of the people. And then what happened is she started growing. Say growing. We all need to grow. And um, the, the, the hardest thing is, is that we, we, we are the custodians or, or we are in charge of our own growth. What do I mean? How? There's a pastor Wayne. He must make sure that I grow. <laughs> why, why is he working in the church? Why? Am I, no, 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 no. Um, our growth is, is, is our responsibility. And that's, and, and that's a divine um, responsibility that God has placed for each and every one of us. And we can't um, outsource this responsibility to the pastor. Okay, he's going to go and read the word, and I'll just come and listen. So he's going to go and pray, and I'll just say amen. You know, um, but he, he, he calls us into a deeper relationship where we, we, we start walking with him. Just like when Jesus came to his disciples, he said to them, follow me. So he says, come, I want to go with you. I want to do something with you. And as they started walking with him, they started growing. They started realizing certain things. Different things in their minds started to shift. And they started to see things differently. And that's what he calls us to. He calls us into this family. He calls us into a a people in order for us to start growing. In order for our, our, our views and perspectives to start changing. And for us to actually start having some spiritual disciplines and values that we used to not have before. And then the other thing that she started to do, or she started to serve. Let's look at Matthew 23, verse 11 to 12. It says, but he who is the greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So serving, when it, serving God is, is our way of being exalted. Serving God is, is a way for us to go through a fire, to be tested in certain character things, and, and it aids this process of growth that I was talking about. Because sometimes when we serve, we come into, we come into situations 
um, where we, we are forced to grow, where we are forced to do better. For instance, um, I, I can give a, a couple of examples. Like um, a person comes up and they, and, they, and, they, and, they, and they just want to sing for Jesus. They, 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 they are good at it. Their, their voice is there and they want to sing for Jesus. And they come up and they join the worship team. Hallelujah. Amen. They've joined the worship team. And then someone asks them to do a morning pre-service prayer. So now someone is asking them to pray in front of everyone um, before the church. And all they do is they pray in their room by themselves. So now they are faced with a thing that forces them to grow. Is praying a bad thing? No. Is clearing things in front of a congregation and, and, and getting the atmosphere set? A bad thing? No. But what? It, it's just an uncomfortable thing for them. So now they need to break out of their shell. They need to break out of, the, of their little um, comfort zone, and they need to start doing that. They start growing. What else happens? Um, you're an usher. You're an introvert. <laughs> you know? And, and now you're supposed to stand there and say hi to people and greet them, and you're supposed to be happy and smile and... For you, all you want to do is be like, mm, get inside, sit there. <laughs> but what does that do that helps you to grow um, in talking to people? Uh, you, you know, sometimes you might get it wrong. You might be a bit awkward now and again, you know. Uh, but the more you do it, the better you become. Um, and that's why the, 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 the second scripture, it's... It says, he who is faithful, Luke 16, verse 10. It says, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. So we won't always find ourselves like we, we feel like we're ready or we're perfect. But what God is calling us to is faithfulness. He's calling us to saying, you know what? I've called you into a commitment. I want you to carry on. As, as hard as it may be sometimes, or as awesome as it may be sometimes, I want you to carry on. You know, so um, who, is called, who is faithful with the least is faithful in much. And that's how we actually get um, promotion in the kingdom. You know, when God actually puts little things or things that others might see as little, but maybe to us, they're like, oh, I need to go do the tithe message. Oh, I need to go and pray for someone who's, um, who's demon-possessed. Oh, I need to pray for someone who's just lost their mother. I, I don't know what to say. I'm useless when it comes to consoling people. I, 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 just, I just get quite, I don't know what to do. You know, so in those instances where, where life is happening and ministry is happening and service to God is happening, that's where he grows us. That's where he promotes us. That's where we, 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 we start realizing that, oh, okay, I can actually do it. Oh, okay, so this is how this is done. You know, and, and when, we, when we to grow in our spiritual gifts and in our talents that God has given us, serving is a great way to get us there. So Umam Grace, she, she says she eventually, eventually ended up serving um, with the hosting and ushering team. 
and Rosebank. Sorry, I don't have pictures of that. Um, but they have a huge team. So she's like a leader of the team. Um, well, one of the leaders of the team. And she told me that she serves, um, I, I thought it was too much, but she, she does it. Uh, she said she serves for like three weeks in a row. So two weeks, I think she's a host leader, and then that one week she's a she's a ushering leader, um, and then she takes a, a week off, you know. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, so the first thing is we are called to being faithful and not to being perfect. Um, so when we when we look at ourselves, usually we we look at other people as heroes, but not ourselves. Um, when, when someone asks you who's a hero or who is a great person, man or woman that you know, we're not usually the first people that we'll look at. We'll probably look at other people and we'll see, oh, this one is so great and this one is doing this and this, you know, but God has put so much in you and you'll be surprised when you start talking to people and realize the value of what you're doing and what, or what you've done. The little things, because this is what, how it happens. You know those little things that I was talking about that you become faithful in? They become the norm. So for you, you stop seeing them as something. But then for someone else who's never seen that little thing or that little faithfulness that you're portraying, for them it's a big thing. And then they realize it, and then they see it. And when you start talking to people, you realize that, oh, wow, I, I actually did get that right. And they realized it. You know, so, so, so these small things become very big the more we start doing them. So we, we called to be faithful. And in our faithfulness, Jesus perfects us. And the second thing is we are called to being fruitful. Um, in John 15, it says, he who abides in me, I am the vine, and he who abides in me will bear much fruit. He who abides in me will bear much fruit. So, Uma Mukres, she carries on, and she's like, oh, okay, now church is a bit more comfortable for me. Uh, what's happening? I'm growing. I'm, I'm learning. And then she gets to a point where she's like, uh, yeah, I've been coming to church. I kind of know how the flow is going to go now. Um, so I can sit here and risk becoming one who's a critic now of how well they do what I'm used to. So how well did the worship team sing this morning? How well did the connect group leader lead this week? Um, was the word powerful? Oh, hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and, and we, we can sit there and become this like with a silent, with an invisible notebook, um, ticking this and that or looking at people and, oh, this one is, why, why are they dressed like this today? You know, how, 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 how is that relevant to our spirituality and our growth? How someone is, is dressed this morning? You know, actually speaking about dress, um, that was one of the hardest things for me, um, it, it usually happened when I was on campus. So I was asking people um, to come to church. They're inviting someone to church. And then when, when they said, I can't come to church because I don't have clothes for church, that was, that was one of the hardest things for me. 
Because for me, I was thinking, you know what, clothes are, are just clothes. But what I'm, what I'm calling you to is so much greater. Um, and, and, and it's so much deeper. And, 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 and it's going to unlock and, 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 and set you free from so many different things. <laughs> Lost my train of thought. I started talking about clothes. <laughs> so what 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 can help us not to get into that slump or into that place where we just sit there and be like, Oh, what can you give me? What can you give me? Is for us to actually start going out and, and reaching out to other people. That's, that's one of the, the things that we can do. Um, so Umam um, Grace, she says she lives opposite a park. Uh, so she's a domestic worker, and, and sometimes there are people who come and sit on that park. So she started noticing that a lot of these people were, were, were actually the same people. They, there was a ritual for them. They kept on coming to sit on this park. You know, so she started speaking to them um, one by one. Just, you know, when she sees them there, she'd just go there and she'd start talking to them. Um, and when, when the, more she started, the more she was speaking to these ladies, she realized um, that they didn't have a lot to do. You know, they weren't keeping feet fit. Um, they, you know, they just sat and they gossiped and they talked and, you know, they, they yeah, and they thought about their problems or whatever. So she decided, you know what, I'm going to start a, a netball group because I like netball. You know, so I'm going to get these ladies in and start playing netball. And so she has a netball team. <laughs> so, so she has a netball team that she started. Um, and, and this team has is, is been growing in leaps and bounds. Um, the oldest member is 65. And I think the youngest, I can't remember how, how young the youngest is. Um, but, but this team has a, a, a professional netball player coaching them twice a week. Um, and, and they meet almost every day of the week for practice and everything. Um, but this is not just a, an ordinary netball team. She started this netball team because she was reaching out to people. So what they do in this netball team is they start praying before, church, uh, before, before, before they play games. Um, they have a WhatsApp group where they talk about life, where they share things. Um, sometimes when pe- she, she encourages people that when they're going through stuff or when they need prayer, that she must put it on the group. Um, so people do that. They pray together. And what she started to do is she speaks to the ladies on the side because she knows where, where they are in life. Um, and she counsels and she helps. Um, and as a result of that, two of those ladies have started going to the, her church in Rosebank. Come on. That's a celebration. These are two people who didn't know Jesus before they started go, joining this netball group. Um, but, but also, she, she, she's not given up on the others. The other ones do, do go to church. There's some of them who don't really go to church yet, and she's still, she's still speaking to them. She's still caring for them. She's still showing them the love of Jesus. So this reaching out thing can seem like a, a, a chore. But when, you, when you're smart about it, 
When you think about your life, who am I and what do I like and what do I do? And then put outreach into that. And that can be the best thing for you. It can save you so much time. It can save you so much um, energy. It can save you, you know, it can save you so much. Um, so there's a, there's a couple of things that you could do to, 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 to reach out in your own space. You know, there's uh, Instagram these days with the Insta- social media generation. Um, there's, a, there's a group called InstaMeet. You know, so it's a, it's a couple of people who meet every, every, I think they meet once every month, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but that's a great way of meeting new people. And you could go to this InstaMeet, meet people, um, get their contacts, get to know them, and then you can start sharing the gospel. You know, it's a, it's a fun thing. They, they go out and they do fun things once in a month. So it's a fun thing. You, you're not losing out on much. You're going to have fun. But what are you doing? You're bringing Jesus with you. So I, I, could, I could give you so many different uh, ways in which you could go. But the, 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 the trick is this. Know yourself and know what you like and then bring Jesus to that. When you, when you discover that combination... Um, reaching out becomes so much easier. It becomes so much more comfortable. It takes away all of the red tape and everything that you don't like about it. Amen? Amen. Um, the other thing that she's doing is she's, she's doing um, outreach within the church. Um, she's been to four, um, four missions outside of the country um, in Ghana, Ghana, Kenya, Swaziland, and Botswana. And uh, as a Rosebank church, they, they have a church plant in Zerust. And she's the point person for that, um, for that mission, for the church plant. Um, and also on the weekends sometimes and also sometimes during the school holidays, um, she goes to the park for, 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 for high school kids' missions. So what they do sometimes is during weekends or during the, the, the school holidays, they go out to the park, uh, they just gather the children, play some fun games with them, and then teach them, and then lead them to Christ, and then invite them to church. <laughs> Sounds so awesome. So she's not only just doing what um, comes naturally to her, but then she's also participating and, and coming in to what the church is doing. And... There's something that she said, which was, which was so powerful and vital um, when we were talking. Because um, I, was, uh, I was reminding her. So she's telling me all of these things that she's doing. So I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So this, you went from this person who was like, I up. So it's boring here. To you doing so much. Like, why are you? And then she says, you know, um, I've, I've actually got a, an injury right now. I, I injured my wrist. Um, and it's the most painful thing is being on the sidelines where you're sitting on the sidelines and you're seeing people moving and people are doing things and people are playing and you're seeing opportunities, but you can't do anything because you're busy nursing your hand or you're busy doing this. And she says, and it was such a vital, um, illustration because she was talking about actually being active in the church. She says, you know what, it's, it's the most painful thing. It's, it's like you, 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 you're injured and you're sitting on the sidelines and there's nothing you can do. If you're just sitting in the church and you're not getting involved in what is happening and all you see is what happens on Sunday. 
so she, she, she carried on and she was, she was telling me about, um, how, how she was having, uh, how she was discipling people. So she says, um, she runs a connect group of four people. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a small group. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I chase people away. <laughs> She's like, so I bring a few people into my group and then I, I, when I feel that they're ready, I, I pair them with people. Because she's constantly going out and doing outreach. She's constantly meeting people. And when she sees, she, when, when she, ha- she has so, I asked her, so how many people are you discipling? She's like, I don't know. I was like, what do you mean you don't know? She's like, yeah, I meet so many people. Um, I talk to them. And then sometimes I give them to my connect group members to, you know. So I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but she says she's still in touch with the people. She still makes sure that she follows up and she talks to them. Um, and, she, and, she, and that they, they, they remain in Christ. So when we look at discipleship, we shouldn't look at it with... Um, we shouldn't be mechanical about it. We shouldn't just think, you know what, discipleship is having a connect group. Or discipleship is meeting with someone one-on-one. You know, discipleship can also, just like the outreach, can, you, you can be creative about it. You can be creative about um, discipleship. Look at your schedule. Look how much time you have and make that work for you. Um. The other thing is because she's such a busy body and people know her, um, is she was, she was, um, she was elected as a ward con- committee member in the Parkhurst re- region. <laughs> so, so she was awarded as a, sorry, she was, she was elected as a ward committee member in the Parkhurst region. And, and what she does, what, what, one thing that she did is she, Realize the clinic. You know, this is the part where she now is causing impact in a society. Um, she realized that at the clinic, there are people who come there and wait in the mornings. So in the mornings before the clinic is open, there's people who are terribly ill who come and they sit there. But then she realized that there were no benches there. Um, and sometimes it's inclement weather and the people are just lying there. They, they, they help us. They can't do anything. And also it was, there was full of litter outside the clinic because, um, there were no bins, you know, it sounds simple, you know, like something that you can see in your everyday life, a place where people are sitting on the floor, litter, you know, sometimes we just move past that and we carry on with our lives. Um, however, what she did is she realized that no, no, no. These people need help. Um, so she went, she used the influence that she had, she used the people that she knows, um, and she spoke to them in their meeting and said, guys, we need to have benches at the clinic, and we need to have bins. You know, it, it, it sounds very simple, but it's, it, it's so profound in that now, now the people can actually sit um, the place is not littered uh, anymore. Um, there had to be people to sponsor certain things and, you know, but at the end of the day, that came. Do we not have those pictures? So, yeah. Oh, that's the wrong one. That's the one of the missions. It's okay. <laughs> You'll catch up, bro. <laughs> Um, so, 
So, so, so that's impact. So she, she's fruitful. She's reaching out to people. She's discipling people. And she's having impact in a society. Uh, and you'll notice that this is someone who has a full-time job. Um, and also, with, with some people who hold her, her, her job, um, that might be a thing of uh, maybe I, I don't really fit in. You know, like Rosebank has a, is, is, is a very affluent area, and it has a lot of people who are well-off. You know, but she came into that church and she stood up and she was counted um, because she realized who she was. It's not about your position. It's not about who you are in society. It's about who God has called you to be. And what he does is he raises us up from wherever we are. Remember what the, what the scripture said, who is faithful with little it will be trusted with much. So that's the trajectory um, that God has her on. Um, but I want to speak about us this morning and where we are, so where we can ponder where we are. And I'd like to read John 6, verse 1 to 14. Um, on the PowerPoint, you'll only have verse 8 and 9. So it reads like this. It says, After these things, Jesus went out to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs. They saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he said to the disciples, Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread? That these people may eat. But he said this to test him, for he knew, he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they going, what are they among so many? Then Jesus said to them, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, so that the men sat down in number, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise to the fish, as, they want, as, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had, who had eaten. Then those men, who, when they had seen the, the sight that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who is to come to the world. Verse 8 and 9. This is how we usually look at ourselves. This is what we, we usually ask of ourselves. What can... There is a lad who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? What are they among so many? We can sit down and look at the world that we're in, look at the companies that we work for, look at the communities that we're in, look at the problems that are facing them or the people. 
And we can look at ourselves and we can say, what are, what are we to many? Or what are we to this great plight? But I want us to look, we put ourselves in the, in the shoes of that little boy this morning. That little boy left his home with lunch. He had prepared for himself. The other people had not prepared, but that little boy had prepared for himself. Just like some of us have prepared for ourselves, we've received Christ into our lives. We are sure of an eternity. But what he, but what he didn't know was what God was going to do with what he had. That was his food. And he had prepared it for himself. And it was supposed to help him. It was supposed to sustain him. But what God did is he took that. And what he did with it was something far greater than he could have ever done with it. Something far greater than he could have even imagined would have been possible with what we had. And that's what we we have this morning. We have great gifts and talents that God has given us. And we plan our lives with these. We plan to do things. We plan to nourish ourselves with these. We plan to advance ourselves with these. But won't you just imagine what God can do with your skill and talent, with your gifts, if he can feed so many with just so little? Won't you put yourself into the shoes of those little boys? He, he had a decision to make. They didn't just come and say, hey, little boy. <laughs> they asked him, will you allow us to use these? Will you allow us to use these? He didn't, re- he didn't, he, he, he didn't um, get like a great investment um, speech where it's like, you know what? Um, I'm asking you to give me 50,000 rands, sir. Um, however, when, 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 when this, the, the growth trajectory of this thing is, is imme- immense and you're going to get so many returns from this and you, you're going to think this 50,000 rand, 50, rand was nothing. You know, he didn't get someone trying to, to help him to invest and to see a bigger picture. And that's usually how it is. When Jesus comes to us and says, can I, can I use your talent? Can I use your gift? Can I, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I take you to be a minister and to serve and to, and to speak into my child who is, who, who, who is who's hurting? He doesn't say, this will be great for you. He just says, go and do it. Can you just do it? And the magic was in the little boy's response. He was faithful and he gave it away freely. And what Jesus did with it was great. And what Jesus just did for me was great. (laughs) I could have fallen, but he held me up. Sweet Jesus. (laughs) Um, 
Um, can, I, can I ask the worship team to just come and join me this morning? <laughs> I want us to, to look at our own lives and see ourselves as this little boy. What are the things that Jesus is asking from you? One thing really struck me about oh, Mama Grace's um, testimony is that she, she's, she's doing everything at the same time. She is faithful to grow, to connect, to serve. She's faithful to reach, to disciple, to impact. It's all at the same time. She's not saying, you know what, I'm going to focus on this for now, so this must wait. Everything is flowing. And I know it, it can be a very hard mix to perfect where you, you're growing in your faithfulness and you're growing in your fruitfulness all at the same time and everything is happening. But Jesus has called us to do so much more with what we have. And all we need to do as a start is to give it all to him. Be faithful in, in showing up. Be faithful in connecting with people and getting to know them and getting to know what is happening and what is around. Live beyond the Sunday service. So much that happens during the week while we're not here. And then we meet again. If, you, if this is all you're seeing, you, you, you're missing out on like 80% of what we're doing and you're only seeing the 20%. You know, some of you, when you first came here, you said, oh, it was great. But that's just 20%. Imagine what the other 80% you're missing out on is. Imagine how this little boy might have felt. Just imagine him at school. I'm just, I'm just, being, I'm just imagining. Little boy, like, yeah, walking around. Now he's a cool dude. You know, Jesus used his stuff. <laughs> And his lunch was the one that fed all those people. And having lived out this life, I can say that most of the time I feel that, like that little boy would feel. Uh, I wouldn't exhibit it like that little boy. But when I see some of the stuff that God does through me, I, <laughs> I look back and I was like, Wow. <laughs> You know, not from a point of, point of arrogance or I'm great, but from a place of, I look back and I'm like, yo, <laughs> at that point, this was happening and this was happening. And for me to be able to have helped this person to do this or to have done that or to have been able to preach that message or, you know, all of those things come back to me. And I'm thinking during those times that God is so great and he can do so much with a willing heart, with someone who just says, yes, I'll give it to you. Won't you just rise to your feet? And won't the hospitality team get ready to, with the elements, can just start um, giving them out. <clears throat> I started talking about the fact that we are a family. And that we're not like the train where you come in and out. Where you need to connect with people and invest in your growth. Participate in what is, what is available here. 
So this morning, we, we're going to take communion. Um, but as we take communion, we are making a commitment that as a unit, as a church, as a family, we are declaring our commitment to each other. To the purpose that God has placed on this church. To the people that God is entrusting in this church. When he calls people to come here, we are stewards of those people. Greatest responsibility and the greatest honor is to be entrusted with the soul of a person. The most precious thing on earth. And we have that great honor. Sunday in, Sunday out. Day in, day out. So we are committing to being good stewards of those people. To helping them to grow. Helping them to connect. Helping them to serve. Helping them to find their niche in outreach. To find their niche in discipleship. How can they best do it? We are helping people to have an impact in society or teaming up with people here in the church, outside the church. How can we have greater impact in the city, in our places of residence? So we are pledging our allegiance to each other and to God to connect, to grow, to serve to reach, to disciple, to impact. To demonstrate the gospel which touched our lives with the ABCs. To carry it on from C to Z. just going to pray before we take the juice. Lord, we, we thank you for your blood, Father God, that was shed for this kingdom to advance, for this gospel to advance. We thank you, Father God, that you made the sacrifices necessary, that you taught the people necessary, that you made sure that from generation to generation, it advances so that we can also be partakers, so that we can also have our sins um, saved and forgiven. That we may know you, the only true God, and have communion with you, Father God. We thank you that your blood was shed for us. So, Father God, as we take this juice, we think about your sacrifices, your blood that was shed, and what it has accomplished for us today. And as we take it as a family, Father God, we are saying collectively, let your will be done in us, through us. May take the juice. Lord, we thank you for this bread, Father God, that symbolizes your body 
as battered and bruised. But you took the cross upon yourself, Father God. And Lord, you have given us the baton to take up your cross. You take up your yoke and you said your yoke is easy and it is light. That you will partner with us, that you will help us, that you will heal us from all anxiety, from all um, offense, from all disease. Thank you, but that by your stripes we are healed. Lord, I know some of us um, have encountered situations where we have been offended because we are working with people and family. And as a result, we have drawn back. I know, Father God, that some of us have withdrawn because um, we've had terrible or hard things happen in our lives. But I thank you, Jesus, that the sacrifice that you made is enough for us to get through all that offense, to fix those relationships, to heal from our, from our, from our sorrows and deep hurts so that we can continue to live for you and to make you famous. Can we take the bread? Oh 
Well, church, I don't know about you, but I am so encouraged, Mac. Thank you for sharing that. I think um, Mama Grace is uh, is uh, is my new hero here. And uh, I'm just so inspired by that story just of the boy, you know, did, he packed for himself. But then he met Jesus and what he had went much further than just for himself. And I think, you know, there's a challenge for all of us there, church, that, you know, we, we all pack for ourselves. Uh, but let's go live a week where we, we're giving what we have to Jesus and allowing him to make our world much bigger and much better because of what he can do through our lives with the little that we have. So I want to ask you just to turn to the person next to you and say, say this, go be faithful and go be fruitful because Jesus is in you. All right. You can give him a high five. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, guys. Uh, just a note to our first-time visitors that uh, we have a connect zone at the back. We'd encourage you guys to join us there for tea and a special treat. Thank you, guys. Bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at endurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermon. Be blessed.